has. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to About Come Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast, and yes, Danny still hasn't updated the title credits. I was thinking that as soon as I saw them. I think oh. we can safely update them now. There's going to be no no ins or outs. No, I think you are safe to update that as and yeah. when you wish. Uh, good evening, sir. Are you well? I am very well. We can see on the on the my sofa is covered in my sperm. That's Wait. a horrible <laughs> image. <laughs> Those like not watching. <laughs> Sean just sat on the sofa. I mean, even if they, <laughs> even if they are watching, just, just the like, even before you notice that Sean sat there, the immediate thoughts that go through someone's head when hearing well, Sean that. set up a group, a WhatsApp group of me, her, and her mum. It's called the sperm. It's called sperm and the incubator. Sperm <laughs> donor. A sperm donor in the incubator. Anyway, that's as much fun as we're going to have tonight, isn't it? I was going to say, I know, I know, we try to think of things to take our mind off last night but jesus christ i mean there's levels anyway good evening to everyone who's watching or all three of you however many there is here but thank you I for don't tuning imagine in there's gonna be many no i don't blame well actually no they, there probably will be plenty because people love a crisis don't That's they it. Um, back to the, the days of having a thousand people watching live yeah hello like the davis days I know, I know. Um, look at that. Look, Caden arrived to, to hear um, covered in my own sperm. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, um, we're, we're here for about 45 minutes or so. If that maybe won't mm. be that long, we don't know. But we're here to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, the Arsenal game last night, which ended in a 2-1 win for Lols. And as my thing in the bio says, I did warn you. So uh, this is me saying I did warn you. Anyway, I'll but let um, me get the appropriate banner. Um, oh, here it comes. Which one was it? It's. I'm gonna have to change this. Yeah. It's not the first time, is it? It's it's no. becoming quite an, a regular occurrence. I, I'm right all the time. People just don't like it. Yeah, you know, that's, that's their problem. That's, that's a them problem, not a me Go problem. On, carry on. Anyway, Go well, I mean, I take no pride in it. In fairness, so, and in in. Yeah, again, in fairness, I did say I expected us to win, but by a narrower margin. I certainly didn't expect to go over there and smash them, which somebody, I th- I'm sure you might have said you expected that on the last podcast. Well, we, we all know that if I knew anything about football, I'd be managing it. I'd be, I'd be sat outside a cafe in summer in Milan as manager of Inter Milan, living the high life, not sat here uh, with no pants on talking to you. <laughs> No, and again, thanks for that image. But yeah, it didn't it didn't end well. But uh, we're here just to win. We're not going to like forensically go over every detail, but we are going to cover the game um, to a degree. So ended in a 2-1 defeat. Um, let's go back to the very start then. So we saw the lineup. Was there any surprises for you? Because Tommy Asu came in. Uh, Saka did play. Of course he played. <laughs> uh, Trossard also came in. I mean, I, I wasn't. Raya was also in goal. I wasn't really surprised by the lineup. Were you? I, I didn't really take any major shocks from what I saw lining up. 
a good point here for man at least we're not playing at Wembley <laughs> yeah, that's that was true. so no. bad I actually I had tickets for all of them and I didn't but it was one of them I didn't go to I went to two of this one I was there for the Batistuta goal do you remember that we absolutely thunder twatted it past was I think a, it was Seaman at the near post was that Fiorentina? Um, were we playing Fiorentina, Fiorentina or was yeah. by then? No, Fiorentina. And I was also Don't there. Kiev, the, wasn't the other one? Don't, well, we played. I think Don't we know Kiev was two late. seasons. Yeah, because we, we beat them at Highbury as well, but we, mm. we beat them late. I, I can't remember. Was it? I can't remember who scored. Ashley Cole got one against him. I don't know if that was at Wembley. But yeah, we played Dynamo Kiev. I was also there for the oh, Barcelona boys. game where we lost 4-2 from memory. I think I was there um, for that. I think there were six in total and I went to five of them. Mm, just the two for me. Good times. Mm. Uh, actually, no, that's a lie because I was there for Solna as well. Do you remember Solna, the Swedish team? AIK Solna. No, yes. don't remember that at all. But Ooh, there you well, go. There's, there's the lineup. Well. Anyway, yeah, there's the lineup. So, were, were you surprised by anything? That's a simple question to ask you. Well, I w- was taking them very lightly because they well, are they're not a very good French team at the moment, but they did finish runs up in the league last season. And we were saying before the show started that their manager has taken them from in trouble in Ligue 2 to runners up in Ligue 1 in the space of, what, three and a half years? And their goal scorer, first goal scorer, was playing in the, the National League, which is the third league in France, only three years ago, which is... And that's not too bad. I mean, there again, Ramsdale was playing in in lower league. So <laughs> was uh, Ben White. But their lower league, their third tier is nowhere like our third tier. Their third tier is so amateur. It's it's uh, it's worrying. Mm. Not worrying. It's uh, drastic compared to ours. I mean, it's still good football. But yeah, looking at that, um, the most important thing here is you want goals. And so playing Jesus up front and Trossard coming back and Saka, you'd look at that and go, well, yeah, you can't go wrong. Jesus has been brilliant this season. His goal record in the for us last season in the Europa League played six games, scored none in his career for Man City in the Champions League. Played, I think he played thirty-eight games and scored twenty goals in the Champions League. And he's got two in two for us now. And Trossard been playing brilliant, and just there was something off all night. Only that that spark of inspiration from Saka to set up Jesus for that goal was about the only interesting thing we did all night. Trossard, I mean, I think not Nelson had a better game than Trossard when Trossard was on, still on the pitch before Nelson even came on the pitch. I mean, yeah. Trossard got a rating of 6.3. Havertz got a 6.5. And Ketia got a 6. Nearly, nearly every single player on the pitch for us last night had a bad game apart from Rice, who got a 7.5. Were you surprised of any of them? Uh, any of the ratings or any of the performances? Either. Um, yeah, or the lineup. Well, De- definitely took not. It too, took it too easy. Thought, oh, I'll do all right. Don't have to worry about. It. Don't have to start with Benny Blanco. No, I, I actually genuinely don't. And we'll, we'll come on to Saka in a bit because I know that's going to be a big talking point. I actually genuinely didn't expect Sata to take long slightly, and, and I don't think he did. And I thought his post-match press conference was quite interesting. He was very quick to give a lot of credit to Lons, and rightly so. I think I think our supporters probably took them lightly, but no, I, I don't think it was a case of of the players being uh, complacent. I just don't think we perform very well. And these things happen. Like, I, 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 you just get these sort of performances sometimes. There was too many of our first-team players that had off nights last night. I mean, barring the goal, Jesus didn't do a lot. As you said, Trossard was was pretty poor, probably should have done better with the chance he got right at the start of the second half. I did think Declan Rice was excellent, but everything went through him, which 
which then raises questions of of how quiet a game Erdegaard had because everything needs to go through him when we're on song. Thought the centre backs were pretty good, other aside from maybe the second goal, which we'll come on to, um, and the fullbacks again. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I, I I have to stop banging this drum, but Tommy Asu is a centre back. That's what that's his best position. That's where he should be playing. And the reason that I'm not saying he's not a good right back, he's a very good defensive right back. But what he proved again last night is when he gets in behind and into that Ben White position, he hasn't got across on him. That's not his game because he's a centre back. And when Zinchenko, you panic, you tend to go back to what you know best, and so he yeah. tends to drift into or the play the ball back position. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He doesn't and, you know, want it. Yeah, exactly. It's not his strength going forward. It's not his strength. Um, Sinchenko's strength is going forward and certainly not defensively. And unfortunately, as we will come on to again, that cost us in the second half. But no, I, I didn't think overall, um, you know, arguably the first goal we, we scored was a mistake from them and the first goal that they scored was a mistake from us. So it was a, it was a bit of a bitty game. The The atmosphere was as expected in, in the Bollard was was fantastic. Um, but no, I don't think we took Lons. I don't think we took them lightly. I just don't think we performed very well. I don't think we turned up anywhere near the levels that we uh, we should have done. Um, and we touched on it briefly there. But the first goal that we got is a good finish from Gabriel Jesus. Good tidy finish and and good play from Saka to Rob Thomason, who ironically ended up sort of uh, you know getting himself out of jail with the next moment he had. But it would be fair to say we were a bit fortuitous for that opening goal, weren't we? Uh, Lovely little break down the right-hand side from Saka. Again, like you were saying, when he went off, that's the, it seems to be the only side we had anything, which is why everyone uh, sticks a couple of people on him, why he gets kicked the whole time. But I honestly thought, here we go, that was easy, bish, bash, bosh, we're going to beat them 4-5-6-0 because we were all over them. And that was our, if that was our first attack and we scored a great goal like that with uh, Saka cutting it in and then Jesus just shows how, how bad... Um, uh, Nketiah is up front because if that had been Nketiah there, the ball still wouldn't have landed now. He would have got it nowhere near. But it just shows the class of Jesus to be able to get that. And a first touch, that's a sign of a, of a world-class, top-quality top striker. First touch from a, a, a ball in and then ding, bottom left-hand corner. Magnificent. And I honestly thought, here we go, ding, ding. Let, let's just uh, run them right. We've scored four against PSV and we're going to go another four, five or six here but it didn't turn out that way. But Jesus, what a great player. But he had absolutely nothing coming from the left-hand side. And I, I, I don't want to go down the, the Havertz route, just in case John is watching, but he offered almost absolutely nothing last night, didn't he? Or, or me, to be fair. Well, I, on the Havertz thing, so I think I think a lot of people, you know, are still very, you know, we had that sort of brief moment of everybody was happy again because he got the penalty and the song was great on Saturday, etc. The biggest problem I think that we've got with Kai is we signed the wrong player for that position because, and I, again, Mikel knows more about football than, than I will ever be able to research or indeed he, he's forgotten more than I will ever know. <laughs> he clearly has the job for a reason and, and I don't for other reasons. <laughs> but but I, I do find some of his decisions a bit baffling and I, I do think one of the things that does undo him slightly is that arrogance and that flat refusal to admit something isn't working. We saw it with the right backs. We've seen it with Saka's fitness. And now I think we're seeing it with Havertz. He is going to play him until he's blue in the face in that position until it comes good. And don't get it wrong. I think eventually it probably will come good purely through consistent trial, if nothing else. Like eventually, if you keep hitting the nail hard enough, eventually it will go in. 
So I do think he will come good, but I don't think he was the right player to sign to replace Chaka. I always said we could upgrade on Chaka. I don't I don't regret that. I still stand by that. But Havertz is not that type of player. And the one thing I did notice, and maybe we can we can pivot into it now if you want, when Smith Rowe came on, there was a renewed uh, energy and enthusiasm in that midfield area. He wanted the ball. He took the ball. And that shot that he had was fantastic. Yeah, anywhere, you know, either side of Samba, and you know, he's got a good chance of scoring there. But yeah, I just, I just, I think Smith Rowe is cut out for that left eight role. Yep. If you can get the discipline out of him in terms of the defensive side, because we all know that you know he's not the best tracking back, and and sometimes I think he probably needs to have a little bit. I don't, just a bit of coaching in terms of where to position himself when when defending, but I think Havertz is a ten or or a, a free free roaming wide player, you know, coming in because we're not going to play him at Cam because that's Odegaard's position. So I, I don't actually blame Kai. I think I think he's being almost set up to fail in that role personally. But it's a little bit like when Wenger had Lacazette and they saw Aubameyang yeah. on the market, went, "Oh, I love that." Didn't need him. Didn't really yeah. have room for him. And then ruin the team at times by trying to squeeze them both in. There is no yeah. room in the ideal setup for Arsenal at the moment. The current squad, there's no room for Havertz. He do, there's no room for him, and he doesn't work. The only time that will work is if you're going to play uh, play someone up front and play him off him, like you said in the ten. He's not good at the left eight. He, he's not going to play in the right eight because Erdegaard is there. You can't see a six foot four bloke like him out wide because he's not exactly known for his pace. Where, yeah. where are you going to put him? And ideally. Yeah. Our team is going to be either Party or Rice in the in the DM, and then mm. the other one of them playing at the left eight, which I mean, Party's passing ability can he can, he can play in both of those, but either Rice or can, or him can, and mm. Erdegaard playing the right, he's not going to get there. And then if it wasn't Rice or Erdegaard playing in the left eight, I'd have a Smith Rowe like you were saying. He is yeah. he's, 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 his mindset is get forward, create stuff, attack, try and score goals. And we saw not last season but the season before the man number of times he came on and scored goals off the bench. Just and influencing the game as well. The, the yeah. tempo just went up a notch when he came on last night. And and yeah. that's not a knock on Kai Havertz, but Kai Havertz has that. He he has that Ozil, Modric, Tony Cruz style where, it, it, he, you know, he's very luxury languid. And he's, yeah, I wouldn't even say luxury. I just think that his style and the way he plays the game, he likes to slow things down and take touches and intricate movements. And he plays, his movement actually off the ball is very, very good. But, in that sort of game and in that sort of situation, we needed something that was a bit more energy wise. And, and I, I just think that we're in danger of trying so hard to force Kai into this position that we might end up losing Smith Rowe because he gets sick of not getting chances in that position in the meantime. Um, yeah, or Vieira, who can play that role as well. Come look at the season the Jack was having with uh, Leverkusen, top of the Bundesliga, unbeaten. Oh, he's having a lovely time. Bless and he's, him, and but... he's the centre of it all. Hmm. But he is the past and this is the present. So so we go we go one nil up and unlike you, uh, I have to say right now, I was not confident that we would go and win 6-0 because I didn't think we were playing well even when we went in front. The one yeah. thing I think it did have was that we did take the spark out of the crowd for five to ten minutes, but we then didn't capitalise it. We went into our shell, the passing got a bit sloppy, um, everything got sloppy. And that we always resulted. do though, isn't it? We we don't yeah. then go and hammer home the, the the advantage and score more goals. We go, oh, we won nil up. What what could yeah. possibly go wrong? Well, let's just kick the ball the a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And and that sloppiness led to the second goal. And I think you've got an image of the the second goal before it went in when 
uh, Raya was looking to find Tommy Asu. This is, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the screenshot now of Danny's got where Raya is easily sort of, what, 15 yards outside of his penalty area. Um, there's a little bit of pressure from Eliwahi, but nothing too much is on. Tommy Asu in the bottom left of the bottom right of the picture facing Raya, it has to be said. And then the the clipped pass out from Raya. I mean, it is it is an error. I think that where the where the pass goes, it, it is it is a poor delivery. But where do you stand on this? I mean, if, if this is you, where do you want that pass being played? Because if you look at Saliba's position <laughs> well, in that image... Yeah, you just said it. That's just yeah. one of the two centre-backs. Yeah, that's where I want that ball going. Yeah, I don't, that's what, I don't that's want what it Ram, What would Ramsdale have done? Well, he either screamed at somebody and smashed it upfield. <laughs> had a shot at goal. <laughs> had a shot at goal. Had a, had a chat with the crowd for 20 minutes. Uh, but no, seriously. Taunted, I mean, taunted the Lance fans. Yeah, get, get, got his dick out or something. Yeah. Um, allegedly. No, I, I, do, I just don't personally... Like, okay, this is going to be a bit of a side rant here, so I strap in Go listeners. <sighs> the the, the modern... Maybe it's my side of my age, Danny, and I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can um, uh, empathise with me here. I'm 53 on Tuesday. I know. I don't well, there you go. Low I'm not. I'm not saying four, four, fucking two. I'm. I'm not going full, full uh, run manager here. But I'm just a little bit tired. First, it was fucking inv- inverted fullbacks. Now it's you have to have a goalkeeper who can play with his feet. Forgive me, right? But I just want a goalkeeper and keep the ball out the net. And if he's quite good at passing five or ten yards, that's great. That's useful. But I don't particularly care if my goalkeeper can do stepovers or a Rabona or a, you know, pinged pass 40 yards. I'm not saying it doesn't look good. I'm not saying it doesn't help us in the transition. But what I am saying is, what's the difference between him pinging it five yards to Saliba and Saliba whacking it down the line to Tomiyasu or him clipping it to Tommy Asu and us losing, losing possession. Because the issue I have with it is, I think you brought this up pre-pod, he clips that pass to Tommy Asu, who is probably facing the wrong way and gets robbed. But more to the point, Saliba's already out of position by that point because he's come over to cover the position that Tommy Asu's left to go to receive that pass. So there's two issues there. So I, just for me, I just, I just want a bit more simplicity there. And, I, and I, I'm not... Um, thank you, Paul. <laughs> but I'm not, I, you know, and and I I genuinely don't think it is that that hipster. I just think that sometimes we can overthink things here. And I think with the this playing out from the back thing, I'm all I'm all for it when it works. When it doesn't work, you know, ultimately that's cost us a goal last night. Where, where, where did you? What about the the next transition? I see I see a lot of people crying about handball. It's not handball. It hits his clavicle, which is the shoulder top, bone. Yeah, uneducated. The top us. of his arm, between um, his and arm in and Europe, his neck. And in Europe, that's not the same as handball in the Premier League, by the way. Right. So, for those people that still insist that that's handball, it's not in Europe. So, please do your research and learn the rules. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, but what did you make of what happens from there? Because it's a brilliant finish from Thomason, to be fair. But the, oh, the ball into him and why he's moving. Stunning control, stunning. If we'd have scored a goal like that, that would be up on the BBC as the as uh, the possible goal of the season. I did, I did a tweet about it, and I go and find it after. Where where did I put it? Wow, 
Well, now that was a superb goal. Great build-up, great layoff, magnificent finish. Well done. Unlucky, Tommy, but terrible ball by Raya. And yeah. but then I was saying to you, I've just watched the game parts of the game again. See on the screen there where Raya puts the ball because Tommy is going too fast. And mm. so in this in the two seconds it takes for Raya to get the ball and put it over to where Tommy's going, Tommy's gone past it. Mm. And Tommy's drifted in a little bit, like we were saying, the centre-back thing, where you, uh, you he's not a natural wide player. And mm. so this bloke in the bottom right-hand corner can see him doing that. And so he's nipped in close down to the bottom of the picture, and he's nipped in and got the ball because he can mm. see the flight of the ball. Raya has sent the ball to where he thinks. Remember in NASCAR, I mean, in Days of Thunder, it goes, always aim for where the car is. Don't aim to where the car's going. And so Raya has aimed the ball to where he thinks Tommy Ashley's going, and Tommy Ashley hasn't gone where he wants. But the player behind him has read it and gone, I'll have that. Thank you very much. Run down. Magnificent flick on by the other bloke. Magnificent goal. Uh, mm. just, just well done all round. But that bloke was playing third tier French football, like we are saying at the beginning of the show, only three seasons ago. And now he scored in the Champions League. The stuff of dreams, Mr. Carpenter. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, and and he's a good little player, by the way, Thomason. Really good little player. Came from Strasbourg and uh, Adrian Thomason. He's a he's a decent little player. I think it would be fair to say um, his career. I'm just looking back. Um, so he was at, he's been at Strasbourg since 2019. Are you sure? I'm just questioning your facts here. Mm. Are you sure he was playing in the lower tiers? Because Strasbourg have been in in League R for. What four seasons now? Uh, what, what's his name? Adrian Thomason and Adrian Thomason. I don't think I was listening to the commentary. It said it as he scored the goal. Oh, he was playing. Oh, he was he was on loan at V A N N E S. Oh, that's, that's bloody 2013-14. Yeah, in the national and Evian. He was there in the CFA two, their reserve teams. Evian two. Yeah, Van on in fourteen and and uh, Avian, yeah. uh, Avian in fourteen fifteen. Well, but you know, anyway, commentators like they just make it up as they go along. But they said only a few years ago, three. They said three years ago he was playing. No, three years ago, he was playing for Strasbourg in League One, banging in uh, seven goals in a season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He yeah he was at Strasbourg for sure. And um, mm. Martin Kieran did call Lance Leon at one point. So yeah, you know, why not? God bless you, Martin, if you're watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, in all seriousness, it was a terrific finish, and the movement off the ball was was brilliant. Michelle role in it to win the ball um and and drive down that left hand side was was great control well. yeah it was and and as i say credit where due it's it's not a case of um it's it's not a case of uh of not you know you want to give praise where it's due basically um we were as much at fault but it was a very good finish and and that was that so going into half time at, at one all i mean did you sort of feel like because you said you thought we'd go on and win 6-0. <laughs> mm. But at half time you brought that up. Are you trying to make I'm, a point? <laughs> I am going to keep bringing it up, yeah. But were, were you were you still confident at half time? Because I, I just wasn't. I just didn't feel like we I felt like the urgency had gone. I suppose actually we should cover the Saka substitution because that happened before half time. And that was mm. where I feel it almost felt like, and you know when you know when a player is so crucial to a team that when when he's unavailable or he goes off, the whole team just doesn't quite believe in themselves anymore. It almost felt like that to me. It was almost like the rest of the team just kind of did that shoulder thing and just went, oh, fucking hell. Because he's so important to us now. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what did you make of it? Because my my standpoint on this is, and I know a lot of people have said he shouldn't have played last night. For me, that's waffle. He should have played last night, but he shouldn't have played against Bournemouth. 
on on Saturday, or at the very least, he should have come off the minute that penalty from Havertz hit the next. We were seventy six well, minutes he played against Bournemouth. Yeah, and Bournemouth were dog shit. Like they just were. Like, we we could have won that game with fourteen Reese Nelsons in the team. So that's my argument. It's not that Saka shouldn't have played last night because if fit, um, exactly what John was saying in our WhatsApp group, if he's fit, then absolutely play him. But I don't think he should have been dragged through that Bournemouth game. We don't know the extent of the injury at the moment. Some people are saying that it was a knock. Some people are saying it's a muscular issue. Some people are saying it's a strain. Uh, Nobody really knows, let's be honest, until the club come out with the official line. But one thing's for sure, he is playing. He's playing with injuries. I saw a a very good tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it, but it's a picture of Saka in his when he's like 12 in his youth kit. And it's like, this is the last time Saka didn't play 90 minutes for Arsenal, which did make me chuckle. But what do you make of that? I mean, is this, this is on Mikel, isn't it? Like, you know, it, it just is. Whether the medical people are saying he's fit or not, you have to take the risk. You have to take the decision away from the player at times, don't you? As we said on the last pod. Mm. You know, like I always said in the last one that uh, players with concussion going, I'm fine. I'll, I'll carry on. And you can't do what they want. You have to do what's best. And mm. every game he is getting kicked and he is getting shoved and he is getting fouled and he is having two players on him. And it's going to take its toll. And every season, it seems to be the toll starts to show a little bit earlier. I mean, his first season with us, you could do it all the time because he's young and he can take all the kicks and then the knocks. And then this season, this is the 11th game of our season so far. And we've only just got to October. And yeah. he was hobbling about five or six minutes before he went off. And he wasn't running properly and he was looking over to the bench. And you can see here, um, he was having a little chat with, with, Sack, with, um, with Arteta. And you could see that he wasn't able to come off. He was trying to run and trying to run it off. And then he was um, laying down and holding his leg, as we as we can see in this picture here. Uh, it was just, he's probably just gets fed up of getting no protection from anybody. Playing in the Champions League, you wouldn't expect him to get any kind of protection because they, they have, the, the referee was, I think, was Italian from Syria. And mm. uh, why would he protect our players? Unlike the Premier League, where we'll say the case where they always used to protect Harry Kane. Or they always mm. go um, and protect the other English players. He doesn't get any protection. He's allowed to have people kick him all day long. And this is what's going to happen. And then, like we saw with Jack Wilshere, he's going to be out. He's going to get injured eventually. And then he's going to be out for a month. He's going to come back too soon, play too many games, get kicked too much. Next time he's out for two months. And then it's going to be the same problem. There's going to be recurring injuries. And then it's going to be his other leg. And it's going to be his knee. Then it'll be his hip. Mm. Like, like someone said, you, you said it in the last pod. Someone said, send him on holiday for a week. I don't know who you quoted as saying that. Jeff, it Jeff said it in the last pod, yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff knows. It, Jeff will take him off to an island somewhere and and, and get him some some loose ladies and uh, off his tits on ease. It would be wonderful. <laughs> Just don't drug test him when he comes back. No, I was going to say. We all know what's going to happen, and it's, it's going to keep happening until it's too late. I mean, look at Jack Wilshere. He retired from football at 31 mm. because... Of the, I mean, he's one of the most skillful players that's played in the re, in the last decade for Arsenal, and his his career ended at thirty one. Like Looking at him when he, I mean, Saka's twenty two. Look at Wilshire when he was twenty two. Saka, well, I keep bringing situation. up, I keep bringing up Michael Owen, but there's there's countless mm. other players. Look at look at the state of of the career Paul Pogba's in now, and I know some of that is related to. You know, his, his potential failed drug test, I know. But look at and the injuries he's suffered. Friends. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But he broke through at a really young age, played a lot of football at a really young age. Yeah. Um, and my biggest concern, really, with Saka is, 
And again, I have to stress, I would have played him last night. And I think Rudy's yeah. put in the chat there, if you're fit, you play. And I'm fine with that. But I would not have played him at the weekend. The issue is, is that these these young players, I respect the lad and I love the fact that he wants to turn out and he's clearly Arsenal is in, is, is in his blood and he wants to play. And you get all these fuckwits on Sky Sports and whatever. Oh, Ronaldo played every game. Messi played every game. Don't see Real resting Jude Bellingham. I don't give a fuck about other clubs. I give a fuck about the players who play for our club. And the issue, the, the worry that I have is that Saka's injury last night was ironically nothing to do with what you've just said. He wasn't kicked last night. No. He got the injury as a result of pulling up because he felt something in the action of simply playing a back heel or trying something, as I quoted it. And the reason that is, is because his body is slowly breaking down because of all the other things you mentioned there, the kicks, because it's exactly the same. And I can speak from experience with this as a runner, and I know it's not at the elite level, but when you are running and you get an injury, say, for example, in your left leg and you wait for that injury to recover while you're recovering, your right leg takes the majority of the pressure because you overcompensate. And then therefore, when you think you're fit again and you go off running again, it's often not the same leg you injure. It's often the other leg because that one's had to deal with the load again. And it's the same with Saka. If you if you continue to flog him into the floor, you know, game in, game out. And I know it's not just him. Other players play a lot of minutes as well, but he is always the player that is always left on and it's either the player saying no i'm fine i want to play on which again th then it's the manager's responsibility to make the decision for him um or it is the manager's decision and he chooses to leave him on and that also opens up another case because then that says so the reason he's leaving him on is because he knows how important he is to this team well then teams are going to look at it and go Odegaard's good, yeah. You know, Saliba's good at the back. Yeah, they got good goalkeepers. Jesus is all right, but if you stop Saka, you stop Arsenal, and mm. that's the concern. Other teams are going to start looking at this and going, "Yeah, okay." Especially when there's no Martinelli, because that is our mm. other outlet. He's he's Matt. He's a bigger loss than I think a lot of people have been mm. have been mentioning because Trossard so is great, but Trossard is, is great because he can play anywhere. But he's and a false nine, isn't he? He's not a wide yeah. player. Yeah. yeah, but it's just his, his adaptability to play anywhere is a bit yeah. of a hindrance because sometimes you're going to play him in places that he may not be playing at his best. Exactly. And imagine Trostard playing in, in the Havertz role last night. Well, yeah, there you That'd go. That would have been half decent. And as Phil's just put in the chat there, you know, if, if he plays against Man City, because the suggestion is, I think Rudy's put there, um, it was a slight hamstring or slight hamstring. I mean, even reading the words slight and hamstring, like look up Dom on Twitter. He's still around. Um, ask Dom what a slight hamstring injury is. Like, it doesn't matter how slight a hamstring injury. If you've got any idea how fragile a hamstring is, it's a very, very long muscle. And trust me, from someone who's blown theirs a few times, it's very painful. You don't need to have, if there's any doubt in a player's ability to sprint, because in the back of their mind, they're going, oh, Hammy was a bit tight last night. It affects you. It affects your gait. It affects your, your running style. It affects your ability to, to burst. Like, you know, it's that that fast twitch fibers. You can't have a slight hamstring injury. You've, you've either damaged your hamstring or you haven't. Um, and I don't want to see him, you know, wheeled out on Sunday with four tons of bandage around his his hand. I just don't want that. If he's fit, fine, play him. But I don't know. The word slight worries me. Anyway, let's move on from Sackergate. Hmm. So uh, second half. So I asked you before if you were confident that we would go on to win the game. I'm, I'm assuming that you were at this point. But yeah. 
we didn't start second half, did we? We just didn't. We just didn't start. I just at no point did I feel like we we found our rhythm aside from that early Trossard chance. Was a little bit concerning because you're watching it, and I'm I was watching it back again a little bit today, skipping far forward and backwards through it all. And I was thinking, well, there doesn't seem to be any direction. Normally, yeah. it's give it to Saka or give it to Martinelli, and then one of those two will either pass it for you to have a shot or throw it over the other end to the other one, and then he'll do it, and then it'll be that. It would just be terrorising them down both wings. We had nothing. Uh, as much as Vieira has improved this season, he still isn't... I mean, he showed there that he isn't a, uh, a right-winger because, like Saka, he's played on the right, he's left-footed, but he can't do anything near like what Saka was doing. He is a central midfielder um, in, in the left-eight position or, or the right-eight, whichever one of those two is is available. There was mm. just there was just seemed to be nothing there, and Jesus was struggling coming trying a little coming a bit deeper to try and get the ball, which isn't which isn't helpful because then where's Erdegaard going to go? And yet again, he take, took Erdegaard off after um, uh, well, what time was it? No, that was no, it was the the, the subs were on the seventieth minute just after they scored, and I thought, well, Ben White made a difference when he came on, Smith Rowe made a difference when he came on. Nelson, well, apart from the fact he was in, un, unable to keep the ball running the ball down inside the line, the uh, is it the touch line? I'm never sure what that line is called. Yeah, the touch line. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the touch line. And looking at that, I remember thinking at the time, well, why didn't you bring those on earlier? Why mm. did you wait until 20 minutes before the end of the game before you make those substitutions? And then did right near think- the end, the desperation, bringing on Eddie for, for her to guard, you just think, well, that's just you. Yeah, uh, that, just that was... Everything. Yeah, throw throw stuff at, at yeah. hopefully the best. Did you think the Vieira for Saka substitution was a bit odd? Because I did. I thought that was a bit of a strange. Vieira Vieira's never really looked good as a wide player for me. He's always looked good centrally. Um, I don't really understand this obsession with playing we had wide. on the bench. We had. Well, I mean, Nelson's the obvious one, isn't he? White. For that, well, for that yeah, that's, that's kind of Nelson's position. Although I think he is mm-hmm. better on the left hand side than he is on the right hand side. But I think well, they can all just do it. He just moved when Smith yeah, Rowe first Smith-Rowe, started yeah. playing, he was he used to play on that right hand side. Yeah, and then back in the Europa League days under under Emery, you but, you could even you could even have made the argument to bring on Vieira centrally if you're going to bring on Vieira or Jorginho even uh, and stiffen up that central area and, and move to a almost four three three. Yeah, yeah. And just trying, to weird, for, trying to stick it for the draw, but it was just. It's like this picture here where they're all walking back after the after they've scored one of their goals. That everyone, none of them. None of them there look like they're going. Oh, come on, let's let's get this going. Rice there is having a chat with Jesus, trying to. Saliba's looking back at those two talking. Havertz head down. Trossard looks lost. Gabriel's looking away. Who's that? Is that Saka at the back with his head yeah. down? And and Tommy Ashu's just standing there with his mouth open, catching flyers. That isn't a group of players. I don't know if this was after the first or no, because well, you can tell because Saka's on the pitch. So this would be after the first goal. Yeah. Um, and so that doesn't look like a group of players. If that had been Tony Adams in there, it'd have been it'd have been leaning forward, screaming, pumping both of his fists, screaming, "We go!" or whatever is the hashtag on Twitter at the moment. None of them there look like they're up for the game, do they? Mm, I, the I, I think I feel like Rice was probably the one who who mm. who was showing that fight, and I think he was probably the standout player on the night again, yeah. which is worrying. What what about the second goal then, which proved to be the winner because? I, I was I've banged I was banging my little drab all summer about Eliwahi because he's twenty years old and he was available from Montpellier for a decent price. I think Lance paid I don't think they paid much for him in the end. I think it was about twenty twenty five because they're not a rich club. Um, but they got That's him in thirty million euros. 
yeah, so about what 24, 25 27, million, quid. 28. Yeah. So not not much. Certainly, no. certainly, what we could have afforded. Enough money to, to risk on a player for the Premier League. Yeah, hundred percent. And I just thought he would have suited our style. And I think last night he proved that, and he proved that he can play at the highest level. Um, and I've seen a lot of people criticise both Saliba and Gabriel. Um, and yeah, I'm not I'm not defending them. I did think that it wasn't the best bit of defending. But in this particular circumstance, I want to give more credit to the striker because the movement was exceptional. His his ability to just stop and hold his position on the edge of the box for that cross. And then the finish was emphatic. I just thought that was exceptional. And, you know, people might not like me saying that tough. It's facts. But did you, which side of it did you stand on? Did you, did you look at it as a defensive error or were you actually like, no fair play. That's a damn good finish. Well, I spent a little bit of time with this one. Got that picture there, 68th minute, minute before they score the goal, and then I've added a few lines. I went I went full Richard Keys. And you can <laughs> see, look, that, that is an organised team, all in the right positions, playing a, a, a flat-back four, all very compact as they are, which gives plenty of room down the, each of the wings for the players to run riot. We're going to come to that in a second. So we're playing a 4-1-4-1, very nice and tidy. And there you go. You look at that. That is 68 minutes and 33 seconds. Look at this. Zinchenko is doing his usual coming from the DM role, going, oh, look, there's someone coming down our um, down the left-hand side or the, the, player, the attacking player's right-hand side. That's 33 seconds. Look where he is three seconds later. The bloke has got past him. Zinchenko is running after him. At no point does Zinchenko grab him barge him, shove him, block him, let alone tackle him. The bloke runs all the way down there, crosses it, and then that bloke goes and scores a goal. And you asked me to find that picture of the bloke celebrating because and then, then we can see Tommy Ashu hands down by his side. Not my fault. Saliba mm-hmm. looking at the situation. Gabriel late to the party. Rice has got his arms down by his side. Havertz is there going, oh, God, he, he, he doesn't look happy. And, and, and Zinchenko's going, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a central a defensive midfielder, aren't I? In this situation, mm. you can't keep having players cutting in and coming in no, deep to have, yeah, to have to join um, uh, Rice in the centre of midfield as a defensive midfielder and then have those massive big gaps at the back because they keep doing it. And that is our weak spot. And now, if we don't have tyranny playing there, where would tyranny be here? Tyranny? Have I said that right? Tyranny. tyranny. Yeah. Tyranny. Yeah. Where would, where would KT yeah. be there? KT would. wouldn't be fucking there, would he? He'd be level with Gabriel, wouldn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the bloke would go, right, I have now got a, th- a quarter length for the pitch. And then Tyranny would be looking at it and going, right, whichever way you go, I've got you covered. But straight away, this bloke knows all I have to do is make a run down there. And then he doesn't know whether I'm going to cut in or whether I'm going to go straight down there. And then look, completely yeah. got past him. Three seconds it took for, to pull the left side of our defence apart. And then Arteta and then he- had that. And anyone that does their due diligence, which I'm sure, to be fair, we would have done, knows that Frankowski's greatest weapon, who puts the cross in there, is his ability to cross. He's a very good deliverer of both dead balls and, and on-the-run crosses. So, But yeah, I, I did think Sinchenko was a, was a weak link. And again, you know, just referring back to my previous rant of before, inverted fucking fullbacks. I'm sick of it. Like, Don't like just, it. Just play left backs and right backs, and uh, to be fair, let's let's make it completely on, on, honest here. Yeah, Kieran Tinney's not the best defender, but he is a defender. I don't. Oh, think you're going to get a tackle is, in you. Yeah, and I yeah. don't think Zinchenko is is a defender. I think, and and again, this is not throwing him under the bus. He's a very good footballer, lovely bloke, and um, you know all that goes with it. 
but he's an attacking fullback who is being asked to deploy himself in midfield. And it's, I mean, it's risk versus reward, isn't it? You know, sometimes it's paid off for us where we've had an overload of players in midfield. But, yeah, but that was last season when Xhaka isn't mm. a defensive midfielder and Partey was out injured. So you can understand. But now we've got a world-class player on the verge, as in Rice. Rice mm. is probably going, what are you doing here? I don't need you here. We don't, we're not, I don't need another defensive midfielder here. I've been one of yeah. our best, uh, most consistent players all season. You fuck off to left-back. We don't need you in the defensive midfield role, the inverted winger role, um, mm. inver- inverted full-back role. I don't want it. And we don't need it now because we've got Rice there. What do you think and I'd like, it? I'd like to see the position of the defence as the cross actually comes in because I wouldn't mind betting that one of, if not both of, Saliba and Gabriel, uh, certainly one of them anyway, moves out to cover the space vacated from the player uh, running in because that, that's how it appeared to me on first glance. I'd have to look back at it again. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I, just while you're looking for that, I did just want to shout out a thing in the chat that I saw from, from Glenn, Glenn AFC New York, um, when he just said, I've had to got Arsenal to this level um, and he gets all of his dues. But now we're at this stage. The manager has to show that he can handle it. He's having trouble with rotation, man management, and strategy. Uh, and I don't, I don't think he's far wrong there. You know, I think Glenn's got a point there. And and again, you know, in this in this uh, in this world of of uh, certain individuals going on certain streams at certain times of night under various certain substances, potentially allegedly, if you know, you know, um, they might own Datsuns. They they tend to it's mob culture, isn't it? It's it's scream and holler and shout and abuse and, and everything that goes with it. That's not what we're here to do. I'm just simply here to ask the questions. And I do think Glenn has a point there. You know, Mikel has not managed at this level before in terms of Champions League level. There you go. So there's that cross. So Okay, I uh, I would I would actually argue that both centre backs could be better positioned there. So uh, Gabriel uh, Saliba's body position is not good there. That said, Gabriel is certainly further over to the left hand side than he would have been had Zinchenko not been beaten by that cross. So I do look stand where by Zinchenko him. is, but to try and shut the man down who's just done the cross. He's five, he's ten yards away, isn't he? Nowhere yeah. near him. Ten yards away. But um, but yeah, I think Glenn makes a good point there, and I do think this is where Arteta's management comes in. Um, just as a whole, though. The one thing that helped us last night, Sevilla and uh, PSV drew 2-2. I didn't um, even look at that. I was so annoyed. I, I didn't even think of yeah, that. That's a yeah, great they, result they, for us. It is. And and it and that was a bonkers game. I think there was three goals in the last 10 minutes and there was a 95th minute equaliser. But that does us a huge favour because now we are, you know, Lons are actually top of the group now, but we're, we're still in touch. Um, Sevilla up next. I don't think Sevilla are very good at the moment, and I actually think that we potentially can go to Spain and get get the result over there. They remind me a bit of when we went to Valencia with Aubameyang and Lacazette that time, and we blew them off the pitch. And I oh, sort of feel like game. we can win there. So I, I still I don't think this is crisis time. I still think we've got more than enough to get through this group, and I still think we'll win the group. Um, I'd, I'd love to see Lons come out of it in second for the record. I said that but, in the pod the other night. But you yeah, did say that our, our, our toughest away games, uh, yeah. our toughest game is going to be the away games. And it seems yeah, so far that you're right. But I think Severe of the three, I think actually PSV might be tougher than Severe is. I, I fancy us. To seven wins out of seven in the every division. They've conceded two goals. Yeah, there you go. Um, but And I think they'll learn their lessons from what they did at, at the Emirates. But it, where, where, where are you? ahead of this i mean again i know it's not about other teams but when you look at what man united are going through at the moment which by the way is 
fucking hilarious. Um, but when you see where they're going, I mean, we're not in that territory. Are we? we, we've we've oh, lost the game. Loss out of eleven. Yeah, we didn't perform, but we didn't we didn't deserve anything from the game. We got nothing. So it is a case of just move on now, isn't it? We've got Man City on Sunday. It's we just got to get home and and get it out of our system, haven't we? Really. Just reading here from um, uh, the injury thing website, uh, October the 3rd, quote for Saka, he tried to backheel the ball and felt something, it was something muscular and he was uncomfortable to carry on, so we had to take him off. So so we don't know what, and we don't, we don't know anything more than that. God, yeah, it's terrible. It's, and then, it's that uh, line of he felt something that worries me. Uh, and Martinelli doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. I, I've got a, bit... a suspicion he might be back on Sunday. <laughs> like, oh, I feel like there's a bit of mind games going there because his was only a slight strain and he's been missing for three weeks. So I wouldn't mm. be surprised if he turned up on Sunday, but lack of match practice, etc. So, but yeah, um, no, I'm, I, I say, I don't know about you, but I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not particularly. I wouldn't say I'm not bothered because that any loss is is a uh, you know, it sucks. You know, nobody wants to lose any games. But, but sometimes losing is good. I, Brings you back yeah. down to earth. Well, I think Rice said that, didn't he? After the game, Rice said that. I don't know. I think he's like, yeah, I think I think the quote was, "This will be good for us. Um, we need to learn and, and move forward." I think I think he again. He's a good he's a good talker, is Declan, isn't he? But I think he said something along those lines. So in the grand scheme of things, yeah. it doesn't matter because it's a six game league. It's not like it's in the Premier mm. League where if you lose a game that could cost us the title, it's a cup game where it's a knockout game where if you lose, then you could we, you're out of the cup. That's only one. Yeah. We, we, we've still won one. We've still got another four games to go. Win our two home games, draw the two away games. We're top of the group and we're through to the next round. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely. It's not a problem at all. It's just little things that we said on the podcast on Monday. This might happen, and some of these things and did, did happen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Well, I mean, I've been again, like I say, and I, and I, I had a few people. Um, I couldn't resist a little nibble to say, call it a farmers league now. <laughs> but no, I, I, I did. In genuinely, in fairness, I, I, I did, I did expect us to beat Lons. I did. I thought we'd have enough to beat them, but I thought it'd be tight. And uh, and at the end of the game, I wasn't surprised that that they came away with the points. But um, it is what it is. Uh, anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap this up? Because we did just want to do a, a sort of a quick overview, but was there anything else that caught your eye? Um, no, I don't think so. Sean's bought me some biscuits from the co-op, so I'm going to get her to make me a Tassimo hot chocolate, and we're going to watch a film. Um, Lovely. I got her to watch uh, Lockstock the other night. Did you like it? Yeah. Oh, it's a classic. Go. you got to get her to watch Snatch one. next, surely. That's, that's next yeah. in line. You've seen Snatch, uh, haven't you? Yeah. Yes. Another, I, I did watch the creator at the cinema the other day. That's quite. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, and I watched Saw yes. X as well, which was quite good. Mm. What's X? So, Saw X. Saw Ten. Oh, if you will. fuck that. That's the kind yeah, of shit she watches. Because you're a big, big wuss. I don't like. Scary anyway, hey Timmy. No, you don't. You you're a big fanny. Anyway, yes. this feels like as good a time as any. To uh, yes. to get the fuck out of here because uh, I'm yeah. hopefully going to go and watch PSG annihilate Newcastle in the uh, in the questionable owners derby. Um, but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's been a little bit uh, therapeutic for you all in the chat. So I know Glenn said he needed a bit of positivity. I didn't know we brought any positivity, Glenn. But if we did, thank you. 
appreciate it. Um, but yeah, all the regulars, Mr. Waffles is there, Phil's there, um, Caden who popped in earlier on, Loki's there as well, Rudy. Thank you, Remind to you all me for tuning in. To our, uh, Mr. Waffles is actually coming to the game. He's coming from uh, northwest US of A, not Portland. He's coming to his first ever game at the Emirates on Sunday. Uh, Big oh. G sorted him out a ticket. And so he's going to be at that. So, uh, Mr. Waffles, um, WhatsApp me and let me know if you want me to see if Femi or Carl can meet you before the game and give you a little bit of the VIP treatment because uh, it might be a bit daunting. What do you want, Timmy? Yeah, so let me know. And also also take a couple of pics for us, Mr. Waffles, and we'll we'll tweet them from the old pod account. So if you... uh, we're not yes. we're not suggesting you watch the whole game through your phone because only nonsense <laughs> do that. I'll say. But uh, but yeah, a couple of pictures pre or post game, feel free. We'll we'll stick them on the pod if he you want to show your face because you know some people don't want to do that. But he's done pods of us, hasn't he? Oh, of course, he's he's done yes, the, yeah, yeah. And he said he's, he might get on the train and pop down to see me. So if you do manage to make it down, Sean might yeah, be back in time. Might take might take you out take you out in the GFP. Don't do that, Mister Wobbles. Do <laughs> take that. you out of something to eat. He, he's Anyways. got basements and he's got chains and, 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 and just don't do it. Save yourself, all right? Jace went to visit him once. And have you seen Jace on this podcast ever since? Jace has never exactly. been here. Yes, he has, hasn't he? No, none of you fuckers oh, can be bothered. John's half oh. hour away. Oh, who is it? Who is it? Glenn's coming visit? over as well. Glenn's going to uh, come OG, over in OG's January. Huh? Who else came to visit you? The OG's been. Who else came? Somebody else Mike. came to visit you. Mike, of course it was. Of course. Before was. he, uh, before he uh, disowned us. Before he became half a man. Now he's, now he's sitting at the top tail of the oi for of the podcasting world, and we're dead to him. Yeah. Monetized, man. Got to get those Gs. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get out of here. Um, yes. Thank you, Danny, for, for chatting to me. Oh, I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for um, being hosting yet again. Oh, that's all right. Two in a week, yeah. whatever next. Anyway, I'm off to uh, plough some fields. And um, yeah, thank nice. you all for, for tuning in. If you are watching in delay, please don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends, even if you've only got one friend. Uh, that's one more than we would have got otherwise. Um, hit the bell, subscribe and all that good stuff. Uh, we don't get anything out of this. We keep saying this, but we don't. We don't get any money out of this. It's all just for the enjoyment and the, <laughs> the love of the club. We all follow, even when we hate them. Uh, um, we got Man City on Sunday. Big game. Let's hope we can shove it up them. They're playing tonight against Leipzig. So let's wish Leipzig all the very best. Good luck. But from me and from you, Danny, yep. uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, fuck Ellis. And we'll speak to you very soon. Good night. Bye-bye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on them and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.